Greetings and welcome to our Pulse and Foursquare podcast. My name is Pastor Greg Perkins, and I greatly appreciate you have joined us today. Throughout this year of 2022, God has led me to emphasize unity among the Church of Jesus Christ. As written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, the Apostle Paul wrote to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, especially in these last days in which we live, I believe God is calling His church and His bride to come together as one in Christ. And in doing so, it really displays the beauty of what we are all to be and how His church and His kingdom will grow and reach our world today. So as we go through the Word together, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you through these messages and give you wisdom and revelation as to how we are called to be His unified church and then sent out to be witnesses of His Word, His love, and His presence. I pray that you will be blessed by our podcast and that you will be edified and enriched in God's Word today. So may God bless you all. Okay, good. Well, as uh, Howard was mentioning about love and, and some of the songs that we we're uh, talking about love, um, we're going to talk more about love. <laughs> and uh, love is an awesome thing. Love is the greatest thing that we can um, have and show. Many of you know the love chapter. The love chapter, where is it found? 1 Corinthians 13, right? That is um, a chapter of the Bible that tries to describe, at least in, in our language, uh, some of the characteristics of love. Really, they're characteristics of God's love. And as we come to know God, that is the characteristics that hopefully we start showing as well. These that are belong to God, that we start to represent who he is as his children. As we are loved by God, we start to show who he is and show Jesus uh, through our lives, through our example, right? That is similar to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And uh, we've been going through, I've been uh, trying to just go through these, and really there's a sermon in itself for each one of these, but I've been kind of compiling and, and putting together messages lately on what is love, you know, and so I'm going to take a few of those again today. I want us to read through that. Let's turn to Ephesians, or not Ephesians, although that's a great book, First uh, Corinthians 13, and let us read through those again. And if you're in Romans 13 like me, you can turn a little bit further. It says in verse 4, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. In verse 8, love never fails. Lord, we thank you um, most of all that you are love. God is love. And Lord, that we may be uh, found in your love. Lord, may we understand more of who you are. 
May we live in that love and may your love be shown through us. Lord, would you again speak to us today in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about um, verse 6 and 7 of this chapter. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects and always trusts and always hopes. I want to end uh, persevere. So today I want to just talk about being trustworthy and persevering. Um, the foundation of any relationship is built on what? Trust, right? Or it should be built on trust. Um, how can you have a relationship if there is no trust? I don't think you can. I don't think if you don't trust one another, do you really have any relationship at all? And there are many people in our world that don't trust anyone because they've been lied to, because they've been hurt, because of all the different experiences in their life that it can be difficult to trust people. You know, I'm always a little cautious, if you will, uh, about someone that tells me, you know, and I work on an ambulance uh, at least one day a week, and you know, when someone tells me, oh, I just had one or two beers. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. You know, one or two beers and, and you're drunk. Okay, you know, there's a lot of things. I just have to be skeptical of a lot of people that tell me things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think you're fudging a little bit on that one. Um, which can make us skeptical of pretty much or, or suspicious of everything, right? We live in a world that is, just doesn't trust anyone, is suspicious, doesn't believe anyone, really. So in order to trust someone or something, it usually requires a track record, a proven character, one that is actually, you know, yes, you are true to who you say that you are. Um, you know, what is your, you know, do you have credibility? Do you have accountability? Are, do, can people validate who you are? Your references, right? When you get a job, you have to give references and people, yes, people can lie, you know. <laughs> they can say, you know, he's all these wonderful things and that is not. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to come out in the wash, so to speak, whether it's true to say who you say that you are. Um, and why? Because so much broken trust is out there. It is said that there's a skeptic in every crowd, but there's also someone that's gullible in every crowd too uh, that believes everybody. And I personally don't like, I don't like it, um, not only myself being lied to, I don't like other people being lied to, especially the vulnerable especially the elderly uh, that are taken advantage of. And over the years, I've heard horror stories from people getting scammed by people, phone calls and saying, you know, if you just, I have a million dollars for you, if you just give me all your bank account information, you know, the Nigerian scammers or whatever they may be that are really just trying, lying to you and saying, uh, and so I've heard these horror stories of, of especially the needy or the elderly that are taken advantage of and they are stolen from. That can be really difficult and sometimes people just don't know better and they get taken advantage of and they believe those lies. Another translation, if you've ever heard of uh, the Passion Bible translation, the Passion translation, I like how it says 
their description of this very passage that we just read. It says this, love joyfully celebrates honesty. It finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place for shelter. For it never stops believing the best in others. I like that. I like just a, a different word play on, these, on this scripture uh, of just thinking about that and making more sense to us. Today I want to just talk about a couple more things of what true love is. True love keeps a trust. That's the very first thing that it must do. As I've said many times, that love is doing what is best for others no matter what it costs you. Um, love is a choice and an action more than it is what we feel. If you love someone, guaranteed, it's going to cost something of you. You know, it's going to require something of you. It is going to be more than just saying, I love you, although that is a very important thing to say, probably every day to your loved ones. Uh, that's a good place to start. But love will manifest itself in many ways, especially uh, when you love, no matter what you are feeling. Regardless of how you feel and <laughs> when you don't feel loving, or especially when someone is not lovable, <laughs> you love them regardless. God is our perfect example of love and trust, right? You can trust God above all because he is love. He is truthful. He is trustworthy. His word is true. God does not lie. He is always one that we can believe in, and his word is absolute truth. Love of God is always there. It is selfless and never gives up on us, as we were uh, talking about already this morning. Never gives up on me. That is the love we are also to live in and then demonstrate to others that they will know us by our... Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an old song I know maybe some of you... Uh, that they will know us by our love. Are Christians always loving? No. Sometimes we turn people off because we're not loving. True love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. So how does love act? True love does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It is never glad about injustices, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. So it doesn't rejoice with wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. True love wants the best for others. I really do want the best for others no matter who they are, and when truth and righteousness win out, but never when evil or wrong wins out. Love can never be happy when the loved one is wrong or wronged. Love can never be happy when someone is far from God or far from the truth. Meaning, um, let me give you an example. When I was raised, I was raised with three brothers, and we fought a lot. I mean, that's just the nature of siblings a lot of times, sibling rivalries, and we wrestled, and my three brothers and I, we just, we always shared, I shared a room with one of my brothers, and my little brothers shared a room as well. And so we, it's kind of like the Brady Bunch, you know, they put a tape across the floor, so I wouldn't get in trouble for my brother's stuff that he always left a mess, and I tried to keep my, you know, 
you need to go clean your room? I'm like, I'm only cleaning my taped off section, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to clean his part. Uh, he is the messy one, you know. At least I could define my space, right? This is my space. Now, uh, when I was uh, growing up, sometimes my brothers would get in trouble. You know, I would do, but... Uh, and I learned very early on that you don't laugh when your other brothers are getting punished <laughs> or you're next. <laughs> you're next. Uh, I tried to teach this to my own children too. You, if I take your sibling in the other room and give them a spanking and, and you're laughing out here with that they got punished, get over here. <laughs> you're next. Uh, better stop laughing. But it's actually biblical. There's actually a biblical basis to some of that. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing or evil um, because it's actually sad. You know, I mean, the saying is true when you really have become a parent that this hurts me more than it does you. And it's true. I mean, it hurt me to punish my children. It hurt me. I did not like to take pleasure in that. Um, that's, that's sick and twisted. If you, you know, you actually should be like, I am, I just, I'm sad to have to punish you for these things, to discipline you. Um, it doesn't rejoice. Jesus told us to love even our enemies. So I don't think we can rejoice when our enemies suffer or when they're punished. Taken from a couple of scriptures in Proverbs 24, verse 17 and 18 says, do not gloat when your enemy falls when he stumbles do not let your heart rejoice or the lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him god doesn't want anyone to be lost he doesn't want anyone to perish he does not rejoice or laugh when the enemy falls now he might it talks about god laughing at the at the devil in his attempts you know that that's where he can laugh and say you don't you don't know who you are you know, you're under my feet. And that can make God, in that sense, laugh at the enemy that thinks he's so big. I do believe in justice, but just doesn't believe, mean that we celebrate over punishment of our enemies. Ezekiel 18, verse 23, also reminds us, do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, says the Lord? Sovereign Lord, rather I am not pleased when they turn, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? That's the true picture of God. That I am pleased when I see the, the unrighteous come to faith in God. That's God's attitude. That's what ours should be as well. We shouldn't find pleasure in the death or punishment or or downfall of our wicked, we of the wicked or the enemies or or people who don't know God, that should not be our, you know, just like, oh, yes, you know, the enemy, they killed them all, yeah. You know, and they're, you know, it, it, because what is the true picture of God's heart? If our hearts are filled with revenge, you know, there is no love. God heard the prayer of the Israelites when they were captive in slavery for 400 some years. He heard their prayer, but also when, you know, the plagues and when, 
and when they crossed through the Red Sea to the other side and the whole Egyptian army were drowned in the sea. Do you think he rejoiced over the loss of thousands of soldiers in, in the, the death of the firstborn and so on? No. I don't think he, re- God, you may say, grieved over the loss of those souls. Anyone who dies apart from the Lord and spends eternity in, in, without him, it grieves the heart of God. God is love and rejoices only in the truth, never in evil, and that is how we are to love. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 31 says, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. And it's not just because you don't have a cloak or tunic, okay? (laughs) Give them something else if you don't have a cloak or tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you, the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Because love wants what is best for others. It rejoices when truth and righteousness win out, but never when evil does wrong. So just to think about that, you know, that's, you know, sometimes I found myself, you know, yeah, you got what you deserve, you know. You know that, I don't know, if you're like me, sometimes you get a speeding car going around you and you're just like, uh, and then down the road you see they got pulled over by a cop. How does that make you feel? Yes, I knew it, yeah. You know, just like, ooh, that felt so good. He got what he deserved, you know. But I'm like, there is a little bit of evil in that, right? A little bit of evil because have you ever got pulled over and got a ticket and you were the one that, you know, yes, I think we, I have more than I'd like to share about. (laughs) But you know what I've learned about uh, getting speeded tickets? You, you, You join and volunteer at the police department and then you become friends with them. So if they do pull you over, there you go. It's just, I don't know. It works sometimes. I did get pulled over one time by my police officer friends, and they go, oh, it's you, Chaplain Perkins. Get out of here. It's like, thank you very much. Um, is there a little bit of evil in that, too? Maybe there's a... Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, what type of relationship would you really have with someone if you didn't believe or trust their word? You wouldn't have that relationship, and everything would be um, surfacey, skeptical, shallow. And I have a lot of acquaintances in my life. Do I believe them? You know, they're more acquaintances than they are deep relationships. You know, I don't. I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. You know, many people, I don't, because we've never gotten below the surface level. And a lot of times that's how we're happy with that. We're happy with people just being very surfacey. Hey, how's the sports? How's the weather? You know, all this and stuff. And so we're like, we're always good. They ask how you are. I'm always good. <laughs> Especially with the surfacey people. If people really want to know how I am, you know, 
Ask Jill. No. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, deeper in my life. Now, I don't air my dirty laundry to everyone. But, you know, I want deep relationships, especially with those I love, with my church family. You know, and I, I've learned as God's also worked in my life. He's he healed me of a lot of uh, areas that I, I've found great freedom and transparency. You can ask me anything. I don't have a problem telling you. But there was times in my life that I hid behind a, a facade because I didn't really want people to know how I was really doing or I was afraid. Trust is putting what you believe into action. Trust is the foundation of any relationship. You need it as uh, to build everything upon. Now, uh, my in-laws bought a house, um, an old two-story house in Washington State back in the mid-'70s. They still have it to this day. Uh, and they built it, and this house was, uh, or it was built about 1900, 1901-ish, somewhere around there. And uh, this house was built with no foundation. It was literally built on... Um, Blocks of wood and even some old tree stumps. <laughs> yeah, literally. And so my father-in-law being in construction at the time, um, that he, over a period of years, uh, would dig down a section, one-third of this portion of the house. He ended up forming it and um, doing a part of the foundation, another part. And he actually built a, um, a basement under there, too. You know, he had to pour that. So it now sits on a foundation on this house that never actually had any foundation. It took a lot of time and effort. And trust can literally take a lot of time and effort to build upon. But it can be lost in a matter of seconds by a wrong decision. If you don't start with a good foundation, the house will collapse. Um... It's similar to, you know, those who don't believe the word of God, Matthew 7, Jesus talking in the Sermon on the Mount, is like the foolish man who built upon the sand or, or the rock, the one who built up when the winds came and the storm came and, and it knocked over the house that was built on the sand. But the one that was built on the rock, the solid rock of his word, uh, was able to stand. One bad decision or dishonest or dishonesty in our actions or in our words can break down everything that could have taken years to establish. And you hear horror stories, you hear uh, even stories of marriages that have failed, you've hear, heard of pastors that have failed, you've heard of all these horror stories, and you're just like, who can I believe? Who can I believe anymore? Being honest is crucial to having trust. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with God. We need to be honest with others. Trustworthy people keep their word and are people of integrity. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 37, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I've heard it so many times, and let your yes be yes. Are you a person of your word? Oh, I swear, I swear upon the Bible. I swear upon the Bible. This is what is true. 
You know, you know, if you find yourself doing that all the time, I'm a little cautious with you that you have to, you know, swear upon something else. Just be true to your word. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Even if people lied to you a lot about you, sometimes you have to wait it out. And this is so hard to do that we find ourselves defending ourselves over and over. It's not me, it's not me, and it's not me, and it's not fair to be falsely accused. There's been times in my life where I have been falsely accused. And you know what? I've all, I just had to zip my lip and let it all play out in the end. And sometimes it could take years to actually be proven correct. I don't need to swear upon the Bible. I don't need to defend myself. Just like Jesus was silent before the, the, his accusers, sometimes that's what we need to do as well. I just need to zip my lip and just say, you know, God help me. God help me right now to walk through this in contrast to the Pharisees who complicated the legalistic system, Jesus commanded simple honesty. And people of integrity don't need to swear by anything to verify their words. But as people of integrity, we can simply say yes or no to people. And our word is enough. God wants us to be uh, true to our word. He wants us to be, uh, keep our promises, our promise keepers. God hates lying. He says that in scripture. Uh, and he cannot ever bless dishonesty. He can't. Integrity is the quality or state of wholeness uh, and completeness. Integrity means we are the same wherever we are. It means we are not divided into different persons at different times or places. We have one face and we wear it everywhere. At home, at work, at church, our world is not divided into, you may say, the sacred and the secular. <laughs> are you true to who you are no matter what crowd you are in? And that just drives me crazy. That drives me crazy when, you know, and this is what turns people off to Christianity is hypocritical Christians that live differently in the world because of the different people that they're around. And I try to be true to my word wherever I'm at. I can't think of any better compliment when someone could say, you're the real deal. You're, you believe and you live what you believe. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that. Not because I'm looking for it, but if someone ever gives you that type of compliment, I think that's by far one of the best compliments you could ever get. In, Integrity is what we are when no one is looking. And Jesus wanted to, us to be truth tellers. And this is very hard for, uh, hard for a lot of us because the truth often can hurt. It can hurt to tell the truth, but it's far worse to not tell the truth. Just tell the truth, even if you're, you did something wrong. Just say it. We're afraid if we really share our true feelings, people might not like us. Sometimes they might reject us if we really share those true feelings. But as hard as it is, truth-telling is the basis for authentic relationships. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That If you're going to tell me, 
And, and people that have come to me and said, Greg, that sermon really sucked. <laughs> I'm like, thank, thank you, I think. <laughs> thank you. Uh, well, I mean, maybe give some constructive criticism once in a while. I appreciate that. Um, or, you know, that can just be honest with me. Your, your attitude stunk. You know, maybe some other things that I, I need to get feedback from at times. Are you okay with that if people that love you uh, can say stuff that maybe you don't always want to hear? I hope so. <laughs> Let me tell you something about you, Howard. <laughs> um, without truth-telling, our relationships turn into guessing games, and we're always wondering what the other person really thinks or feels. And that's, that's a hard place to be in. You know, just like, you know, it's, it's I don't want to always just be a skeptic. I really want to believe the best about others. Um, and Paul put it this way in, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. But speaking the truth in love, but speaking the truth in love, <laughs> that's, that's a good place to stop right there. Speaking the truth in love, and you know, and I've had people, I remember even shortly after I, I started becoming a pastor, this, this one guy asked me if he could take me out to coffee, and that could always kind of have connotations to it as well. Taking me out to coffee, oh no, what is that going to mean? You know, but took me out to coffee and just proceeded to tell me, um, you know, he wanted to critique me and he wanted to tell me all the things I do, was doing wrong. And I'm, I'm not beyond, I want to always remain teachable. Absolutely. Please, I want to be teachable. I think leaders always have to be learners. Forever, you're a learner, not just a leader. But I, I went to someone else, and I'm like, you know, this guy told me this. And, and I had some good advice from this other pastor friend that says, Greg, does that person really love you? And I'm like, I don't think so. He goes, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't take one word from them. If you don't know that they love you, then why would we want to listen to someone like that? You got to first tell you people who they are in Christ before you need to tell them what they need to do for Christ. Again, we can always improve, but always make sure they know you love them. Says we grow up in all things who is into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Speaking the truth in love for the edifying of itself in love. Being committed to truth telling does not mean that we say whatever comes to our mind. But we have to choose our words carefully, but to be honest at the same time. Trust and honesty really go hand in hand, and it is essential for any relationship. And thankfully, God doesn't give us, um, give up on us um, so easily or give up, you know, because he does love us. He, doesn't, he never gives up on me. Thank you, God, for that. You, 
you always are there for me. This is where we must trust God. Do you trust God? Do you have trust issues with God? But can I believe your word is true? Can I believe that? Maybe some, some of you struggle with that as well. But just believing there is a God doesn't mean that you have faith in God. James tells us that even the demons believe there's a God and they shudder in fear. Doesn't mean they trust him either. They don't trust God. Uh, they hate God. Trust means taking an action that shows we believe it and we have faith in what he says and I live it out. I walk it out. Trust is the action part of faith. And as you continue to live by faith, not just by sight, but show him, he will show himself faithful to you and he will never let you down. True love, secondly, is a safe a place of safety. You know, it always protects. It's a place of safety. Do you always feel safe in every place? No. I don't feel safe around some people. I don't feel safe in some places. I'm not going to let my, you know, I, I come with my guard up sometimes. I'm like, you know, or cautious. I think there's wisdom in that. But love protects. The Greek word is very interesting. It's a stego, and it comes from the root word to be a, a roof or a covering. So the, the verb stego means to cover, to protect, to be um, a safe place of shelter. Um, you know, imagine getting caught in a sudden storm. We've had a few of those lately, the thunderstorms that are blown through here. Um, you run for cover, you run for shelter, and a roof is what covers you and protects you from those storms. This is what love does. Love is a shelter. It protects, it covers. 1 Peter 4.8 also says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. What an important scripture on that. Love covers a multitude of sins. And, and I haven't always understood this scripture. It doesn't mean that love is a cover-up. For sin. Love doesn't lie, it doesn't deceive, but love protects. It covers others' failures and their sins rather than just exposing them. Love trusts. Love never loses faith. Love is always believing the best for others. You know, there's just some really positive people. Have you ever been just around a positive person that just, they're always positive. <laughs> They're always just cheerful. And you're like, do you ever have a bad day? <laughs> it's like, you're just like, wow, you just ooze cheerfulness and love. And those are few and far between people. They are. Hopefully people see that we kind of ooze with love. We are a person that people go, you are just such a positive person all the time. That's something we should uh, uh, try to be, right? That's something that hopefully, not just try to be in the sense, God, I'm going to be loving today. I'm going to really love harder today. Rather, you should just say, God, fill me with your spirit today. I need you, God. Oh, I need you now. <laughs> if that's what you sing tomorrow or when you get up to go to work, that's a good place to start to be more loving. Because as he can fill you with his spirit, 
then his spirit will flow through you and be more loving because that's who God is. Where was I? Someone said love is an agreement on the part of two people to overestimate each other. <laughs> you know, thinking positive of others. It doesn't mean that love is gullible. Love is not gullible, but neither is it suspicious or always negative. Love gives others the benefit of the doubt. And rather than assuming the worst, love assumes the best. You know, and again, it's sometimes easier to be more critical than it is to be loving and caring and believing the best. And again, that's probably because of our backgrounds. We've been so hurt, we've been so lied to, that we're suspicious of everything. And we're like, that's how we live our lives. Just like, yeah, no, I don't believe you. Yeah, no, I don't believe you either. Uh, it's just like, I don't want to live like that. I do want to believe the best in others. I want to, error, error, can you, E-R-R-O-R, -R -R, error on the side of grace. That I want to believe the best about you. I want to believe that is true. I want to err on the side of grace. Love believes in others and gives them a chance to prove themselves. Even if they have a, back, a track record of not. Has someone ever believed in you? When you came from a sordid past? When you came from a past that you're just like, I want people to think nice. I want to say that I have changed. Not that you have to go around and keep on telling people that. I'm a different person, I'm a different person, I'm a different person. I'm like, okay, you're a different person. It's going to show. It's going to show, but I thank God that there are Barnabases out there. Barnabas was named the son of encouragement. You know, he actually believed the best when Paul was, Apostle Paul was like, no. No, I, I don't want to accept Barnabas. But Silas did. Silas believed in, in Barnabas and took him in. And uh, yeah, Barnabas was a great influencer of being an, an encourager. encourager. Thirdly is uh, true love keeps on believing the best. Love always hopes. What is hope? Hope is the expectation of good things. Uh, hope looks to the future and expects something good to happen. Um, it's the opposite of despair. Despair looks at the future and wants to just throw in the towel, give up. And hope looks at the future and smiles. It's confident that the best is yet to come. Can you, have you been able to say that lately? The best is yet to come. Not always. Some days I get up and I look at the headlines. I'm like, eh. is Jesus still on the throne? Is revival still possible in our world today? Yes. Just like love believes the best about others, it hopes for the best in others. It expects the best, not the worst. Love never gives up hope, and to Jesus, no one was hopeless. No one. Jesus changed people. He healed people, hopeless people that everyone else had given up on. 
Is there anyone you've given up on in your life? Put your hope in God. Maybe it's time to ask God for a fresh love, a renewed love, fresh hope for that person. And the last one is just love persevering. It means that love remains. Love will remain. How many of you like to make jelly, jam, you like to make preserves? No one? Okay. <laughs> uh, I love homemade jellies. I mean, it just, uh, raspberry, strawberry jelly. You know, some people make apricot stuff. Um, I made pickles last year, and they're, you know, my mom's recipe. I think canning actually is a great thing to do. It's actually awesome. I love it. Uh, love also perseveres. It remains. The Greek word is hopumeno, H-U-P-O-M-E-N-O, which means, uh, which combine hupo, which means under, and meno, which means uh, to abide or to remain. It literally re means to remain under. And then patience or persevering or endurance that just goes along with that. The picture is of a person who is under the, um, under the circumstances, uh, buried by problems or trouble, is hanging in there. It is staying rather than running away. It's abiding under it. It's like, I am going to remain no matter what. Love always hangs on. It doesn't give up. You know, in marriages, I tell people, don't ever use the D word. Don't. Don't even entertain those words. Um, if you can, you know, because it's just, sometimes we go into relationships and we hold on to things that are not to be held on to. We hold on to undealt with issues Kind of as a back door. We need to get rid of the back door. You know, just, you know, and, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of marriages in my, in my days as a minister. And, you know, I just talk about oneness. It's not just yours and mine. It's ours. You know, you need to change the way you talk about one another. This is mine and this is yours. No, this is ours. You know, our bank accounts, this is our furniture, this is our stuff, these are our kids, these are, you know, this is our family. And so, you know, it's, it's hanging in there, it's saying, you know what, we can work through it. We can work through it with God's help. We can work through anything. And I've seen God restore marriages that have been broken, that they've broken faithfulness in their marriage. I've, I've seen a lot of things like that. God can heal anything. Um, but love hangs on. Makes me kind of think of giving my dogs a bone. You try to pry a bone away from them, good luck with that. Um, they're going to growl at you. They don't want you to take their food. They don't want you to, to let go of it. I'm going to hold on to this. I don't want to give you my bone. Um, no, I could be mean and pull it away from them, and I might get bitten <laughs> at the same time. It was, doesn't mean that they're a bad dog, that they bite you. It just means that's what their instinct is. You know, don't take my food away from me. Uh, we also need to hold on to that which we love and never let go. 
Some things we can easily give up on. We say things like, you mess with me and I'm out of here. Or the moment you hurt my feelings, I'm done. Now, of course, I'm not saying I'm never going to advocate that if there's abuse or neglect that you stay around for that, ever. Uh, But even Christians can easily get upset over things and quickly throw in the towel. You know, you said something that offended me, I am done. Like, you don't even know me, and I do make mistakes. I'm the first one to admit it. I am not a perfect pastor. I am not a perfect person. If I ever say anything to hurt your feelings, please come to me. And that's true. That's true. I, I, I don't ever want to say anything that may um, be unresolved. And then someone just disappears into thin air. And you're like, what happened to that person? It just leaves everyone feeling like, ah, that's so, that's so hard. That's hard for me. Because I really do love to have relationship. I really do like to shepherd people. And there's been many uh, things that I, I wish we could work through at times. True love hangs on. It tries to work things out. It doesn't easily give up on others. And yes, it may take work. But I don't know any relationship or marriage that doesn't take work. Jill and I, we, we love each other and we still don't understand each other. Right? <laughs> we'll, we'll never see completely 100% eye to eye on things. And there's also blessing with that. There might be cursing with that too. But, I mean, there, there might be blessing because when she is weak, I can be strong or vice versa. There's days that I have bad days, the days she has bad days. Hopefully, you know, she completes me, you know, and my, I can complete her. But we need to see the oneness that God puts us together in relationships, in marriage, but also as families and true to our church family. True love hangs on. Now, there are two ways to, uh, you know, just these abiding under to hang on. One way is passively resigning yourself. Um, it's kind of the Eeyore syndrome, I call it. Uh, oh, well, well, you know, we're never going to make it. I guess I have to put up with this, you know. Um, you know, that's the type of, that's the type of people that are just like, oh, yeah, it's never going to get better. But, yeah. You know, and so, you know, that's the Eeyore syndrome. Um, um, the other way, instead of passively resi- resignation, is to bear up under the difficulties in a way that transforms them and uh, triumphs. And that's what this word means. This patience or perseverance is a triumphant fortitude, not defeated resignation. That's hupumeno, which means patience and perseverance or long suffering. (laughs) I've long suffered through this, God. Love always perseveres. Love does not give up, even when it gets tough. Love doesn't quit. Love is like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going, just like God does for us. He never, ever gives up on you. And even in the worst of times, I've been reading through Jeremiah and my devotions, and just like God told Jeremiah that I'm calling you to be a prophet to the people, and no one is going to listen to you. He's called the weeping prophet. But no one's going to listen. How would you like that calling in your life? I'm going to call you to this thing and no one is going to listen to you. So 
But God still had plans for his people. So God told Jeremiah to tell that this, they were going to go into captivity because of their unbelief and their disobedience. And it says in verse 29, 11 through 13, you probably know this part. Even though you're going to go into captivity for all these years, there's still hope. There's still a hope and a future for the people of God. God still had plans, even though he knew that there was going to be a punishment. He still had hope. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. God's love is a true love. He is trustworthy. He is a place of shelter. He is hopeful and his love remains. Will you put your trust in him today? That is our, that's the conclusion of, of this message. But maybe that's just as you're pondering through these, these words, God's word today, and, as, and I, I've shared about this and tried to give definition to some of these things. What does God want you to chew on today? with this. What is God speaking to you about today? If you've never placed your trust in Jesus, today is that moment you can say yes to Jesus. You can say yes to him and follow him and make him your Lord and your Savior. I just want to close today and maybe you just need a, I need a fresh new commitment. I need to, I need to be changed by your love today and, and God, I haven't been trusting you as I probably should. So Lord, today I just do that now. I make that decision to say, Lord, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, Lord, I, I do want to believe your word is truth, that you are true. God, you do not lie. I can trust in you. Lord, help me in my unbelief. Help me to have faith in you, to trust in you, trust in your word, even when it might be coming under abiding long suffering through my difficulties that I can you can change me and I can be changed by your love I can be changed by your love and I can um, be an influencer I could be hopeful and I can believe the best about other things rather than the worst Lord I pray that today in this moment we may just truly say yes to you if there's anyone here today that has never been assured of their own faith and knowing that if they died today, they can be in your presence. Today is that moment we can say yes to you, believe upon you, Lord, and call you our Savior and our Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, in order for me to be saved, I have to understand that I, am, I have been lost. I am lost without you, Lord. Lord, I need you now. That is true of wherever we are at. Every day we need you, Lord. Every day we need your grace and your forgiveness. And thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Your grace is always there for me. And today is another day to say yes to you, Lord. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me, that you loved us even while we are yet sinners and you died for us. Thank you for your love and your grace and assurance 
that if I place my faith in you, I will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but we will have everlasting life with you forever and ever. And that starts today. To live in that abundant and eternal life is a relationship with you that we can trust in. We can believe in you always. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us today. My name is Billy and I'm the online media director here at Polson Foursquare. I hope that the message was encouraging to you. And if it was, consider subscribing or following us or even sharing it with a friend. If you're looking for more information, you can find that at polsonfoursquare.org or check out our Facebook. With that, I hope that you have a blessed week and we'll catch you next time.